Good evening, everybody. You got quiet before I got up here, so that means it must mean it's time to start. And Jerry's not even here to tell me that. <laughs> Tonight we will have uh, three songs, and then James Ward will have our scripture and prayer, and this time he will do it. <laughs> There's a mix up this morning. Um, one more song, and then Barry Kelly will have our lesson this evening. It is, I guess, the pulpit swap. I have no idea. Where is Chris? Do you know? I don't know. Oh. He's, he's at Flatwoods. Okay, so Chris is at Flatwoods. It's too late to get there, guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> but no, I, I was fortunate to hear Barry for many years, so we are, we'll have a good sermon tonight, I know. Our first song tonight is number 932. Holy Ground. If you would, let's stand for this song, please. 932. This is
Standing on the promises of Christ my King, through eternal ages let His praises ring. Glory in the highest I will shout and sing. Standing on the promises of God. Standing, standing, standing on the promises of God my Savior. God in prayer. Father, as we come to you this evening, thank you so much for all the many blessings, Father. Thanking you for the church here at Rome, Father, and the brothers and sisters that we have to fellowship with one another. Father, we're thankful for the country in which we live. Uh, we're thankful for the men and women that help protect and serve this country. Pray that you'll be with the leaders and help them make the proper decisions, Father, that they look to your will for all things. Thank you for the love that we have for one another, Father, but we're so grateful most of all for the love of your Son and for his willingness to be a sacrifice for us so that someday we can 
be with heaven with you if we follow his word. Thank you for all that you do for us. Be with ones that are unable to be with us, uh, ones that are sick or hurting. Pray that you be with them. And it's through Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. Reading will be from the book of Ezekiel, chapter 3, verses 17 through 19. Ezekiel 3, 17 through 19. Son of man, I have made you a watchman for the house of Israel. Therefore, hear a word from my mouth, and give them warning for me. When I say to the wicked, you shall surely die, and you give him no warning, nor speak to warn the wicked from his wicked way to save his life, that same wicked man shall die in his iniquity. But his blood I will require at your hand. Yet if you warn the wicked, and he does not turn from his wickedness, nor from his wicked way, he shall die in his iniquity. But you have delivered your soul. Our song of invitation this evening is number 674. There's a great day coming. 674. Now if you would, let's stand again, and we'll sing number 824. I'll fly away. 824. Good evening, everybody. Good to uh, see. Uh, good to see each and every one of you again. Uh, don't get to see too many of you that often. A few of you all I see on a regular basis. Uh, 
fairly regular basis. Unfortunately, the guy I see most of the time is Joe Galloway. And old Danny's back here. I see Danny all the time. But uh, it's glad that, uh, uh, glad that you're all here. And I've been warned again. I forgot. Last time I was warned because I had a purple tie on. Uh, I should be a little more thoughtful about the callers around here as far as school callers go. So uh, next time around, maybe I'll try and make sure I got, uh, I don't have any green ties though, but maybe I can come up with something. But. <laughs> okay. You know, when you uh, turn the news on today, it seems like you know, most of it's bad. Seems like it's mostly bad news. There, there is good news out there. You know, there, there's some good things happening. But you know, regardless of how bad things may seem, as, as Christians, it's important that we realize that every day is a day of good news. You might say, well, why, why do you say that? Well, I say that because we've been given the gospel of good news. It's ours to believe, it's ours to obey, and it's ours to pass on. And that's the thought I kind of want to think about for a few minutes this evening is passing on the gospel of Jesus Christ. I want to look at an Old Testament passage that I hope can help us uh, and remind us a little bit about how important it really is that we need to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's our commission that was given to us by our Lord. Of course, we remember it in Matthew 28 and Mark 16. Go ye into all the world and, and preach the gospel. The passage that I want to use this evening is 2 Kings chapter 7, verses 3 through 10 is what I'll be reading. 2 Kings chapter 7. I invite you to uh, turn to that if you've if you got your Bible with you. To set the scene here a little bit, this occurs during the period of Israel's history known as the divided kingdom. The kingdom of Israel is the northern kingdom and Samaria would be their capital. The kingdom of Judah is the southern kingdom and Jerusalem would be the capital of, uh, would be their capital. Of course this you know division has caused some weakness really leaving them both open to attacks by other countries. And our passage takes place during one of those attacks against the northern kingdom of Israel uh, when Ben-Hadad, king of Syria, laid siege on their capital city of, of Samaria, resulting as was their intention, a, a pretty severe, severe famine. So I want to begin reading there in 2 uh, Kings chapter 7, beginning there in verse 3. It says, And there were four leprous men at the entering in of the gate, and they said one to another, Why sit we here until we die? If we say we will enter into the city, well, the famine is in the city and we shall die there. And if we sit still here, we will die also. Now therefore come and let us fall into the host of the Syrians. If they save us alive, we shall live. If they kill us, we shall but die. And so they rose up in the twilight to go into the camp of the Syrians, and when they were coming to the uttermost part of the camp, behold, there was no man there. For the Lord had made the host of the Syrians to hear a noise of chariots and a noise of horses, 
even the noise of a great host. And they said one to another, Lo, it says, The king of Israel hath hired against us the kings of the Hittites and the kings of the Egyptians to come upon us. Wherefore they arose and they fled in the twilight. They left their tents, they left their horses, they left their asses, even the camp as it was, and they fled for their life. And when these lepers came into the uttermost part of the camp, they went into one tent, and they did eat and drink. And they carried thence silver and gold and raiment, and they went and hid it. And came again and entered into another tent, and carried there thence also, and went and hid it. Then they said to one another, We do not well. This day is a day of good news, and we hold our peace. If we tarry till the morning light, some mischief will surely come upon us. Now therefore come, that we may go and tell the king's household. So they came and called unto the porter of the city, and they told them, saying that we came to the camp of the Syrians, and behold, there is no man there, neither voice of man, but horses tied and asses tied in the tents as, as they were. So we've got these four lepers, and they're in a pretty bad predicament. Uh, we know that um, they're leprous, you know, disease caused them a lot of grief anyway. And they're outside the city because, because of that. And there's this terrible siege, this terrible famine. So they try to decide what to do. What are we going to do? They said, well, we can go into the city, but same thing's going to happen. There's no food there. We're going to die. If we sit here, we're going to die. And so they decide they'll go to the, to the enemies, camp of the Syrians. And if they happen to keep them alive, great. If they don't, well, again, you know, the worst that can happen is that they would die. When we get to verse 8 of that reading, you expect what happened. When you get there and, and they, you know, they, they uh, I should say the lepers get there and everything's gone. Everybody, everything. But the camp. Is left just as it was. They obviously were frightened beyond belief that they would immediately just get up in the middle of the night and leave everything and run for their lives. And so you would expect the lepers when they get there, they go into the tent and there's food and there's you know there's there's treasures and there's raiment and all these things. They're going to grab them. They're going to go and they're going to hide them. And they go into another tent, and they do the same thing. But you come to verse 9, and we get something unexpected. We have a little turn of events, so to speak. They came to their senses. That say, they said to one another, we are not doing well. This is a day of, of good tidings. So what's the, what's the connection as far as this passage and the idea of, of spreading the gospel of, of Jesus Christ? Well, let's look at some similarities between then and now, between the, the lepers and you and I as, as Christians. Well, in each case, there is, there is a, a famine. Then for the lepers, it was a famine of food, nourishment. Things you need to survive. Today there is a famine for the word of God. The gospel of Jesus Christ. 
Paul writes in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 3 and 4, he says, If our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not. Lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. See, Satan has been very effective in his quest of blinding the world to the gospel of Jesus Christ. We could kind of, we could even say that he has laid siege on this world, creating a, a famine for the word of God. But we also see in each case that God provides an abundance of, of what is needed. There in our text, it ends up being the food and the water and supplies and clothing and all that that they need for relief from the famine. Because the four lepers, they go back, they, they tell the king, and sure enough, he sends out uh, his soldiers, and they find it just as the lepers said it was. So there was relief. Well, today God has provided relief for this famine of, of the word of, of his or of his word. He provides salvation to everyone who will hear, to everyone who will listen. In Revelation chapter 22 and verse 17, it says, The Spirit and the bride say, Come. And let him that heareth say, Come. And let him that is athirst come. And whosoever will, says, Let him take of the water of life freely. John chapter 10 and verse 10. Our Lord would say, The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy, but I come. He says that they might have life and that they might have it even more abundantly. In the Gospel of Matthew chapter 11, beginning in verse 28, we have that beautiful invitation by our Lord himself, where he says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. God has provided relief from this siege of Satan, the path to salvation. He's given us the gospel of good news to those who will hear. Now, sometimes, though, here's where some of the similarities often, often end. The lepers, they came to a realization of what they had. And they said, we cannot keep this to ourselves. This is too big. I mean, this is just too great to keep to ourselves. You know, even though they were lepers, they said, we have got to go and we have got to tell the king, his household. They, they have got to know, they knew that it would be wrong if they kept silent. They said, surely something will happen to us even by morning. If we don't go back and tell this good news. As Christians sometimes, as Christians sometimes, I wonder if we fail in in that urgency. As Christians, we know what we have. 
We know that we have the gospel of Jesus Christ, the gospel of good news. We know that we have the path to salvation. This is a day of good news. That's why I said earlier, as Christians, every day, every day we have on this earth is a day of good news. And yet sometimes we're, we're silent. Sometimes we're silent. We would do well to learn from these four lepers. James chapter 4 and verse 17 tells us to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not. To him it is, it is sin. The lepers came to this realization that they could not keep this to themselves. It was wrong. As Christians, you and I, we need to have that same understanding. We know to do good. We know what it is. We know what the Lord wants us to do. And if we remain quiet, if we remain silent, it's, it's wrong. It's wrong. You know, we need to remember that our number one priority as God's children is to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. The Lord's last words to his disciples when he left here, we know what they are. Again, that great commission. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. Each of us could probably think back to a time when we were outside of Jesus Christ. Uh, for some of us, like myself, it would have been when I was younger. Been very fortunate. I was raised in the church, had wonderful Christian parents. But we can all remember a, a time when we were not a Christian and realized the need to become one. And just how special it was when we did. You know, even being raised in the church, you know, when I was baptized into Jesus Christ, I mean, everything, everything felt good. It was great. It was a wonderful day. It's the good news that we have to pass on. There was a time, you know, when we were outside of Christ, we were sinners, we were destitute, we were without hope, but somebody taught us the gospel of Jesus Christ. Somebody told us about God. Somebody told us about his love. Somebody told us that he sent his only begotten son into this world that whoever would believe in him could have everlasting life. They would not perish. So we have received that gospel of Jesus Christ, the hope of, of the world. And we need not remain silent about it. We need to do whatever we, we can to proclaim it to a lost and dying world. Peter, in 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 9 and 10, he says that ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people. And this is what we are to be doing. That you should show forth the praises of him that have called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Which in time past, you were not a people. But now you are the people of God. You had, there was a time when you had not obtained mercy, but now you have obtained mercy. That's us. There was a time when we were not part of God's family. There was a time when we received or did not receive the mercy of God, but now we do. It's because of the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's what, that's what we need to share. You know, that's what we need to share. I know and understand everybody cannot stand in the pulpit and 
preach a sermon. I know everybody, you know, cannot necessarily, um, you know, uh, not great at one-on-one confrontations with people talking about the Bible. But, you know, we all have some kind of talent. We all have talents that our Lord has given us. And in truth, all that he asks us to do is to warn them. We'll go back to the reading that uh, I was read a little bit ago in Ezekiel chapter 3. Verse 17, Son of man, I have made thee a watchman under the house of Israel. Therefore, hear the word at my mouth and give them a warning from me. When I say unto the wicked, thou shalt surely die, and thou givest him not warning, nor speakest to warn the wicked from his wicked way to save his life, well, that wicked man will die in his iniquity, but his blood will I require at thine hand. Yet if thou warn the wicked, and he turn not from his wickedness, nor from his wicked way, again, he will die in his iniquity, but thou hast delivered thy soul. That's all that God asks us to do, is to warn them. Tell them about the good news. Tell them that God, you know, loves them and has sent his son to die on the cross for their sins and they can have a home in heaven. And then it's, it's up to them. We can't force it on anybody and the Lord will not force himself upon anybody. It's a free will choice. But it's our duty to warn as Christians. It's our duty to warn people, to let them know that you know, they choose to live their life here on this earth outside of Jesus Christ, there will be a consequence to pay when, when the Lord returns, when they reach eternity. There will be a consequence to pay. So this is a day of good news. And that's what I want us to think about. And uh, each, each and every day that we live, as I said, as Christians, every day we live is a day of good news. We have an opportunity. Say something to somebody, you know, send a card, send a letter, send a note, you know, word of encouragement, whatever it may be, whatever we can do, but we have that opportunity while we are here. Of course, none of us know how long we will be here. So you know, when we think about that, then we need to think about our relationship to Jesus Christ ourselves. If you happen to be here this evening and you're not a Christian, there's good news. You can become one. You can repent of your sins, confess Jesus as the Son of Man, or as the Son of God, I should say, and be baptized in, into Jesus Christ. If you're here in your Christian life, not what it should be. The Lord is patient, and he is loving, and he is waiting for you to return. He wants you to come back. So we've got good news. We've got good news, and we need to share it. If you need to respond to the gospel call, Hope you will while we stand, while we sing this song. There's a great day coming, a great day coming, there's a great day coming by and by. When the saints and the sinners shall be born and right and left, are you ready for that day to
Good evening. Just a few announcements. We got a lot going on for the remainder of the month, so I encourage you to pick up a Rome journal with all these dates. But um, this Friday, October the 14th, will be the next fifth quarter, which is after the uh, Fairland home football game. This coming Saturday, October the 15th at 1 p.m., we'll be going to the Milton Corn Maze, and all ages are welcome to participate in that. October 18th will be the Young at Heart. Uh, meet here at the building at 10.30 a.m. and be going to Bob Evans for lunch. Trunk or Treat will be October the 22nd from 7 to 8 p.m. And then October the 30th, we'll be going to the Pumpkin House at 5.30 p.m. Again, make sure to pick up a Rome journal so you can see all the, uh, the dates of the upcoming activities. Also, um, on October the 23rd, we'll be having a Father's Sunday at uh, Gary Leaf's Cabin. There'll be fishing and, and different activities, so that's October the 23rd. Um, as far as the prayer list, continue to keep Amber Spitzer in our prayers with uh, dealing with breast cancer, Jennifer Baker as she recovers from cancer surgery, uh, Gary's brother Terry Leap as he's dealing with uh, stage 4 cancer, Emery McAllister, uh, Marvin's grandfather, as he uh, continues his rehab for a broken hip, and uh, Rod Dunphy's mother, Virginia Maynard, and Jim Haney. Also, uh, Bob O'Lynn, who's having five bypass um, surgery this week, heart surgery. And then uh, Whitney Fulton, I just saw an update on her. So she's actually has a gall stone that needs to be removed. Uh, I think they're gonna be removing that the next day or so. And then after that, she's gonna have her gallbladder removed. So she's got a couple of surgeries coming up. So let's make sure to keep Whitney in our prayers. Also, uh, prayers have been requested uh, by one of John Kelly's co-workers for her uncle, Jack Markham, who'll be having open heart surgery tomorrow morning. So that's Jack Markham. That is all the announcements that I have. If you haven't had the opportunity to take the Lord's Supper, you can do so at this time. It's uh, prepared um, through this door on the other side in the conference room, and we'll have one more song and be dismissed in prayer. Our last song this evening is number 627, 627, The Glory Land Way, first and third verse. I'm in the way, the bright and shining way, I'm in the
Gracious and heavenly Father, we are so thankful for this day. We are thankful for this time that we've had together here this, this morning and this evening and here two great lessons. Father, we let you lead our lives, Father. We ask that you guide us and direct us. And Father, we hope everything that we hear today that we can apply it to our lives, that we may better serve you, that we may better be that light that you want us to be, Father. Father, several have been mentioned here that have sickness or shut-ins or, or are going to have surgery. And Father, we ask that you be with them, that you bless them and hold them in the palm of your hand, Father. And Father, as we go out into the world, we ask that you watch over us and protect us as we do so. And in, it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen. 